So we're going to get into our message. We have been doing a series on prayer. I feel like there might be a little bit too much here on the mic if I start getting excited. All right, so we're doing a series on prayer, and uh, we've been talking about the importance of prayer, why we need prayer, and then some of the different types of prayer. But so last week, we talked about intercessory prayer, or praying for other people. The week before that, we talked about our personal prayer time. I let you know that your personal prayer time is the most important prayer time because all other things stem from that. It is the basic, most important thing you can do as a Christian. But we're not going to go back to two weeks ago. Today, we're going to specifically talk about another type of prayer called fasting. And if you've never heard a message on fasting, it's because it's not popular. But anyhow, we are going to talk about it today. Now you might say, well, is fasting actually prayer? In scripture, fasting, which means to abstain from food, was always involved with prayer. So fasting really just means to not be eating food. And scripturally, it could also include not having water for a short time. Or it may mean abstaining from only certain kinds of food. So fasting in scripture was something that was done often. It was important. And the time that a person would normally be eating was changed and spent with prayer. So we're going to look at fasting today. Is this something that Christians today can do or should do? Is it important for our lives or is it just Old Testament? We're going to look and see what did Jesus say about it. So here's where we're going to start. What did Jesus say about fasting? Let's have a look. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 2, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. So Jesus has just recently been baptized by John the Baptist in this portion. He's been put under the water. When he comes back up, it says that the Holy Spirit descends on him in the form of a dove. And immediately the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness to fast for 40 days. So Jesus' ministry began with a time of fasting. Now, obviously, he was led by the Holy Spirit. And any type of fast that is a longer fast should be led by the Holy Spirit. We'll talk a little more about that later. But please, when you leave today, don't say, Pastor Dan said I'm supposed to fast for 40 days and then get sick. Pastor Dan didn't say that, okay? And I also realize some people are diabetic. They have different situations where you can't uh, miss food for any length of time. But let's see what God has to say about it. So Jesus, obviously the Holy Spirit leading him, knew it was important to begin his ministry, the miracles, the healings, the deliverances, none of those came until after being filled with the Holy Spirit and taking a time of fasting. Uh, just telling you what happened with Jesus, not telling you you have to do that. Jesus also expected his followers to fast when needed. Matthew 9, 14 to 15. It says, One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? And Jesus replied, Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken from them and they will fast. So Jesus says, yes, my followers will fast. But he makes a very clear, important point about fasting here. 
One, fasting is not meant for celebrating. They're like, well, that's kind of obvious. Have you ever been to a birthday party without food? Of course not. So there are times when there's celebration, there's things happening, fasting's not there. What is he saying? You don't fast just because somebody said we should fast on this day. And this day, you fast when there's a need, when there's a purpose, when there's a reason. So Christ is making it clear they're not going to fast right now because there's not a need for fasting. Okay? So I want to make that clear. That was something that Jesus wanted to know because the Pharisees and even John's, the Baptist disciples of that time were fasting more out of religious duty. Maybe even with the thought, well, if I fast this many times, I'm more religious. Okay, so fasting should not be that. Uh, Jesus also told his followers how to fast. And I want to look at that verse. Matthew 6, 16 to 18. Jesus says to his followers, when you fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face. Then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. So fasting is never meant to be something to show off. You know, so you, you can't come to church next week and be bragging about, yeah, I fasted for five days. Woo, how long did you fast? No, that's, that's not what it's about. Now, there were also corporate fasts in Scripture where a large group of people would fast. But again, the group of people would know they're fasting, but it's not for showing off. All right, Jesus... Also in scripture, at one point, told his followers that fasting and prayer was necessary for a deliverance. Let me explain that scripture. Matthew 17, 19 to 21. Uh, by the way, I do realize that this message is going to be the hardest at the 11 o'clock service because it's almost lunchtime. Okay, so hang in there with me. And it is totally okay to have lunch after the message. I'm going to give you what God's Word says about it so that you can let Him direct you in the future, okay? This is not about today. Don't want anybody feel guilty if you have chicken in the oven right now. Like, just, it's okay, all right? I plan to have lunch with somebody after this service. I'm just saying. I want you to get this. This is not about being, feeling guilty or doing something just because the pastor said, all right? So Jesus, in this portion, has told them about another reason for fasting. Now, let me give you the backstory. I'm going to be looking at Matthew 17, 19 to 21. And in this portion of Scripture, Jesus' followers have been out uh, praying for people, seeing healings, and yes, deliverances. But in this certain circumstance, there's a father with a young son, and the son, he said, has been thrown into the fire often, thrown into the water, He's possessed, and the Spirit has tried to destroy him. The disciples try to cast it out, and they can't. But you see, they have seen people set free prior to this, but now this time they can't. The father brings the son to Jesus and says, please set him free. For some reason, your disciples can't. Jesus immediately sets the young man free. And in verse 19, it says this. Later, the disciples came to him privately and asked, why couldn't we cast out the demon? And he told them, it was because of your lack of faith. I promise you, 
If you have faith inside of you no bigger than the size of a small mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move away from here and go over there and you will see it move. There is nothing you couldn't do. But this kind is cast out only through prayer and fasting. Okay, a couple things here important. We know that Jesus didn't pray and fast at the moment, did he? He just rebuked it and it was done. Secondly, because of the context of the scripture, he's letting them know that the prayer and fasting is obviously going to help their faith, okay? There's nothing better for your faith than to take focused time with God and let him speak into you and direct you. You see, Jesus said he didn't do anything unless he heard it from the Father or saw the Father do it. When did he hear and see the Father? So that he knew what to do in prayer. And obviously, also times of fasting. So please understand that. Sometimes fasting can be for us simply to build our faith. All right. So Jesus spoke these things to his followers. He gave them a few things that they could do and they should know about fasting, but he didn't really talk a lot about fasting. The reason was is because his followers were raised in the Jewish culture and they knew about fasting from the Old Covenant. So he gave them some clarification on it, like, okay, quit showing off, all right? There should be a need, and this is good for your faith. But they already knew a lot about fasting from how they were raised. I want to give you a few different types of fast from the Old Testament, and I'm not going to read the verses, but we will put the verses up on the screen. For I know there's some of you who really like to take notes, who like to read through it later in the week and make sure the pastor wasn't lying. No, just read through it just to know for sure in yourself, is this real? Can I get more? So we're going to put them up there, but we're going to move pretty quick in this section. I am not going to bore you, I promise. Well, maybe I shouldn't promise that. I'm going to try not to bore you, okay? I know this is not the most exciting thing, but it's good for us to learn. All right, one of the fasts we see in Scripture is the one-day fast. And I'm going to look at these by number of days. Some people look at them by the name of the person who did it in Scripture first, like the Esther fast or the Jonah fast. But I'm going to just go by days. But let me make this clear. The number of days is not really that important when we talk about fasting. And we'll go there. So the one-day fast, usually from morning until evening. And there's some places you can find it. Reasons used for the one-day fast in Scripture were for humbling themselves and confessing to the Lord. It was used as preparation for a major battle. And it could have been used for mourning the loss of someone. Okay, so those are some reasons we saw for a one-day fast morning tonight. Yeah, you know, I got to ask, has anybody here ever fasted? Oh, quite a few of you at the 11. Okay. Uh, so I remember the first time I ever fasted. I was actually a teenager, and Dad had taught us about fasting. And he said, you know, if you want to fast, you know, there's a need, and there's something you want to pray about, you can, you can try it. And he said, you know, start small. If you just want to miss one meal and pray during that meal, uh, you know, give it a try. So I, I was fairly smart, and I was like, I'm going to pick lunch, because lunch at our house wasn't usually as big, and it would only be four hours till supper. And I was thinking ahead. I was a teenage boy. And uh, so, like, I, I got this, I can do this. So during that lunch, I went to my room, I was going to pray. Well, I closed my eyes, and instantly I saw steak, mashed potatoes, and gravy. 
vegetables with butter. I did not pray one bit. All I could think about was food. And it was amazing. I realized, wow, I got a thing about food. And it was really difficult for me to fast at all. But it showed me something that was important. Hey, who is really the boss of our life? And amazingly enough, food is a great way to see who's the boss of your life. Is it your appetite or is it your spirit? We're going to get to that a little bit more later. Okay, another fast we see in Scripture was the three-day fast. And the three-day fast can be found in a few different spots. I just listed three there. And the three-day fast reasons for doing it were a time of crisis or trouble. Also an act of repentance. And these first two fasts could be individual or corporate with a large group. So this fast, as the one in Esther, she felt to do three-day fast. They had been told that their entire nation of the Jews would be killed on a certain day. Okay, there was a big crisis. She told her uncle Mordecai, tell everybody to fast for three days. I'm going to fast for three days. I'm going to go to the king. They were fasting for favor with leadership because of a serious crisis. Yes, we can fast for that as well today. Uh, there was the Jonah fast. And actually, it wasn't Jonah fasting. It was Nineveh fasting. Well, Jonah fasted while he was in the belly of the whale, I guess, because there'd be nothing to eat. But Nineveh fasted as well. And... Nineveh fasted for repentance, didn't they? They had just heard a word that they're going to be wiped out really in a short amount of time. And they said, hey, we're going to pray. We're going to fast. We're going to go to God with this. And they asked God for forgiveness. And we know God is a forgiving God. And he did forgive them. That was the three-day fast. As well from scripture, we read about a seven-day fast. And that we read that in 1 Samuel 31, 13. And the reason for that seven-day fast was a seven-day time of mourning. They mourned the loss of the king and the king's son. Okay? So mourning or grieving can be a reason for fasting, a reason for not eating and praying. I have a confession to make here about the seven-day fast. When I was in my late teens, early 20s, I decided to do a seven-day fast. And I went without food for seven days, and it was painful. And when it was all done, I was thinking to myself, why did I do the seven-day fast? What was the point of this? I realized all of a sudden I did the seven-day fast just to see if I could go without eating for seven days. It was the biggest waste of time of my life. So that is my confession. Do not fast to see if you can go without food for a certain time. Pointless. And I learned a good lesson. Don't ever do that. There has to be a need. There also, I believe, needs to be a a leading, if you will, of the Spirit saying, hey, this is a time to fast. All right, and again, the seven-day fast actually was a corporate fast at that time, a large group of people. Also in Scripture, we see the 10-day fast. The 10-day fast was a partial fast, and it was a fast for health. Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they are taken captive. They're young men. They're put with a bunch of other young men. They're given rich food and rich drink, and they say, hey, we would rather not eat this rich food. We'd rather have lentils and vegetables and things like that. Let us have this for 10 days and see who looks healthier. So this was a fast for health, all right? So fasting for health is in Scripture. I'm moving really quick because we've got a little more to cover. 
Also, we see a fast in Scripture that took 14 days. Yeah, 14 is not a magical number, by the way. The number of days is not going to create a miracle. In this story where we read about the 14 days, it was in Acts. And this is actually when Paul was in the ship with a bunch of other people, and they were in a terrible storm where they, their lives were in peril. They realized if they didn't get an answer from some God out there, they were going to die. And they don't eat for 14 days. The fast lasted until an angel came to Paul and said, you're all going to be delivered. Nobody's going to die. All right, so the 14 days is not so critical. The fact that they fasted until they received an answer is what's critical, okay? So I want to make this clear throughout. Don't ever fast. I'm going to go do this many days because I read somewhere, you know, miracle happens if you make it to here. That's not scriptural, okay? The fasting was for a purpose, a reason, and the length of time often was because it took that long to get an answer. The next fast we read about is the 21-day fast. This was a partial fast, and you may hear about it called the Daniel fast. Lots of people do the Daniel fast for health reasons or whatever, but Daniel's reason for the fast was to receive revelation and understanding. Revelation and understanding from the Lord. And as Daniel was fasting and asking God, you know, what's going on? He knew the prophecies of the fulfilling of time for the Jewish people. And he was saying, hey, it's about time. What's going on? Can you speak to me? And he began to partially fast, again, from all the rich food. And he prayed. Now, his took 21 days. And we know that Gabriel comes and says, hey, it took a while because the prince of Persia withstood us. And I had to get Michael to help me out. And here we are. So again, 21 days is not a magical number. It just happened to take that long in his situation. And it was a partial fast. And finally in scripture, we see the 40-day fast. Now I mentioned it at the beginning with Jesus. There were a couple others in scripture who did the 40-day fast. There was Moses and Elijah as well. The 40-day fast were clearly shown from scripture that it was spirit or God-led every time and there was supernatural providence in it. And in each of those cases, they were given divine instruction or direction. So the 40-day fast, I believe, is always spirit-led. But I really feel that any fast, there should be a nudging from the Holy Spirit that this is the time to fast. Now, as we look at all these fasts, don't get worried if you can't remember them. It doesn't really matter. The point of fasting is from your heart, understanding why you're doing it, and what the purpose is. Now, there were also fasts in Scripture that had no set time given. And I, I want you to hear this because over the years as a Christian, I've been a Christian for many years, I've met different people who felt like, well, if I do the three-day fast or if I somehow do a 40-day partial fast, I'll be more spiritual than everybody else. It's not true, okay? So there were also fasts with no set time, and those fasts were simply done until the need was fulfilled, the direction was given. Reasons for those types of fasts we read in Scripture, direction, sending people out, humbling or confessing, receiving an answer, and even for worship. All right, so you'll find that in those verses. Listen, fasting can be done, again, individually or corporately. I'm going to ask the question, has anybody been part of a corporate fast? Like a group of people? Probably, often... 
uh, ministry teams sometimes when they're going into a new area or they're starting something new, they'll get together and do a fast for the new thing that's coming. Okay, so that's typical. Uh, I remember years ago um, traveling with a fellow from Saskatchewan. He was a pastor and we did tent meetings and we traveled with him and he uh, all summer long for two to three months and he felt it was important to have a three-day fast right before the meeting, going into new areas, some of them spiritually difficult. And I remember again as a young man thinking, okay, he's the boss, I'm going to go with this. But always on the third day, we were setting up the tent, pounding tent pegs through whatever kind of ground. And I remember pounding tent pegs and going, this is the third day. I don't think his idea of fasting is too good. But I will look back and confess to you now it was good. You see, things happen in the spiritual when you're willing to deny something in the physical. We as followers of Christ can also fast for the same reasons. So let me just go over them really quick again because as we went through, I was telling you some reasons. Humbling ourselves, confessing, repenting, mourning, worship, direction, spiritual revelation, health reasons, for victory in a battle, for deliverance from trouble or crisis, to give us faith to send people out in ministry, and simply to build our spirit. Turn with me or follow along Galatians chapter 5, 16 to 17. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So Paul here in Scripture is clearly letting us know that there is a war between the flesh and the spirit. And anyone who's lived long knows so. There definitely is. But I believe that fasting is an excellent way for us to say, hey, I am going to focus on the spirit not the flesh today. And by doing that, it allows us, I believe, to press in to God. The fasting to bring something to God that you're struggling with. You've made a mistake, and I gotta say this, I'm not saying you should fast every time you make a mistake. We would have a lot of skinny people in church, but I'm not saying that, okay? Don't, don't go there. However, it is important for confession. Listen, This is good for your spirit. As food is good for your body, going away from food and focusing on the spirit is good for your spirit. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. If you sow to your flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. If you've ever wondered if your spirit is the boss or your flesh, try fasting. I found out as a teenager, my flesh was the boss, big time. But if you're wondering, there's a good way. I want to share a little story. When we talk about sowing and reaping, what you're giving to the most will be the strongest. I heard a story, and you may have heard it or read it, about a man who had dogs, and he used the dogs for fighting. And many years ago, especially in the north, dog fights were common. And they were a time actually where they would gamble about which dog would win. And this man raised dogs for fighting, and they were his dogs. And it seemed like always 
he would know which dog was going to win, and it would be different dogs all the time, but he would know, and of course, when you're gambling, that's a good way to make money. So a younger man asked him, well, how do you know? How do you always seem to know which dog's going to win? Because it's not the same one. And the older man said to the younger man, well, I can tell you this, but don't tell anybody else. They're my dogs. I always know which one's going to win because two days before the fight, I feed one of the dogs and I do not feed the other. The dog I don't feed loses every time. This is a principle for you and I. What are we feeding? If you want something to be strong in your life, you need to feed it. And can I tell you that fasting is an opportunity to focus and feed your spirit. So feed it well. This is a principle that will do us well in life. If you are not wanting to continually be angry, don't fill yourself with things that make you angry. If you're wanting peace in your life, then find things that bring you peace and fill yourself. If you're wanting joy in your life, you can't listen to CBC News. Find something that brings joy to you and fill yourself. If you're struggling with something and you are wanting it to not be ruling your life, well, then you can't spend your time online feeding it. That's just the way it is. You see, prayer is important and people can pray with you, but you also have to make a decision what you're going to feed. What are you going to sow to, Scripture says. What seeds are you going to be planting because a harvest comes with what you plant? So fasting is a way to sow seed to the Spirit, your spirit. I want to say this as I wrap up today. Do not become religious about the amount of time if you choose to fast. But fast for the amount of time you feel God has asked you or until you sense an answer or a breakthrough. Fasting is something we as Christians should do. It's good for our spirits. It gives us faith for the impossible. It humbles our flesh as we ask the Lord to get involved in our life situations. Remember, fasting doesn't make you more holy or get you saved. It's an important kind of prayer for a Christian believer. I want to encourage you today as a body of believers to take time and ask the Lord if he's leading you to fast for a purpose, for a reason. This is something that maybe as a church we have forgotten or didn't know about, but it is good for us, it is good for God's kingdom as we allow ourselves to be open and listening in the spirit. But through the week, take time to talk to the Lord and ask him, is there a need for me to fast? And if there is, what is it and how? All right, and for some, you may not fast for months, but there may be an opportunity and you remember this message. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this because I want to see victory. I want to see an answer. All right? So I want to encourage you to do that today. Lord, I just thank you this morning for your people. Thank you for them being patient, listening to a word that's maybe a little tricky. But Lord, I just pray that they would feel it in their spirit that you only want good for them. You want blessings and pouring out happening in their lives. Lord, I pray right now that you would put in our spirit the right time to fast, the need to fast, and that you would show us results as we press into you. Lord, I just declare freedom and victory over your people this morning. Lord, freedom and victory in Jesus' name. Lord, that one has been sowing into something so unhealthy, we break it off right now. We say a new harvest is going to be planted, a new harvest in the Spirit, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, a new harvest. 
a new harvest, a new harvest. We declare it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Give God praise one more time.